There's something curious about this broadcast. T-minus 10, 9, 8, 7, and we have main engine start. 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and liftoff. This is TGP nominal. Extra. All systems remain nominal. 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 Hello, everybody, and welcome to this month's episode of TGP Nominal Extra. It's November. The clocks have gone back. The nights are getting longer. It's getting colder. And that is amazing for astronomy. So if we're talking about astronomy, then I need to bring somebody in on this conversation. And that is Ross Hockham from UK Astronomy. How are you doing? Fantastic. Fantastic. It's getting darker. What more can you want? Darker (laughs) and colder. Happy days. <laughs> I mean, I, I listened to Will talking uh, on the World Space Week podcast, and everybody check that out if you hasn't already checked that out. Will talks about cold weather as though he is Mr. Freeze. <laughs> he'll go to the coldest places on Earth, and he'll have a whale of a time. <laughs> yeah, you can't beat it. You can't beat being out there with a frozen telescope, looking up at the sky. Hot cup of tea, that's what you need. Tea and coffee keeps you going. But yeah, it is the season now, apart from, of course, all the uh, fireworks and bonfires that will be going off soon, <laughs> once Halloween's out of the way. I don't know if we're going to have as many as we usually have. Maybe, maybe no, not. No, big events, I don't think, unless they can space people out every two metres, and you're only allowed six people at the moment, but we don't know with all this tier system going on, do we now? That's it. I mean, we've got our tier system in the UK Scotland have got their five-tier system. It's getting rather confusing. So you drive somewhere and you're like, what tier am I in today? Is it, have I just gone for a tier three? Am I allowed out? Can I? No. Okay, right, cool. <laughs> what do I do? I, I think you need to have something on your sat-nav. You know, you know, like when you've got your sat-nav and it pings when you go near a speed camera? You've just entered tier three. <laughs> oh, I've got too many people in the car. Someone will have to get out. Yeah. I'm doing 60. <laughs> We carry on, we do what we can do, do as much as we can. So, what's been happening for you guys? Uh, we've been quite lucky actually, we've done loads of Zoom calls, like Zoom calls to thing at the moment. We've done one for, uh, I think it was Oxford Uni or something like that, they did like a uh, guest speaker thing, I think we might have spoken about it last month, where me and Will were invited to be guest speakers on a Zoom call and it's kind of like a speed dating thing. So there's like four or five people in each room and they get chucked around. <laughs> to talk to different people. And yeah, me and Will were asked to do that. That was really cool. It's kind of different because you're sat there and you've got like a 10 minute window just to say, hi, I'm Ross, I, you know, I do astronomy. I'm into visual astronomy. This is what I enjoy. So I'm here to talk to you about telescopes or what you can see in the sky. And then you hope that they're going to ask you questions because otherwise you just sit there just talking about yourself. <laughs> it, it, it was good, it was good. Everyone asked questions. Some people, it was all different. Some were into telescopes, someone to know cameras, someone to know what's up in the sky. The only thing was one person was living in in Greece at the time was obviously stuck there so I don't know the Greek skies <laughs> uh, I've been there but you know I'm not an expert in that area so you know I told her what I could but luckily she was more interested in actually getting a telescope so I was like oh well, that's easy I can do that I can do that so yeah it's really good it's fun it sounds a little bit like have you heard of space up yes I have yeah now space up they've normally got them around the world uh, the main one in the UK is usually at Leicester that's at uh, the university there obviously this year they haven't been able to do space ups around the world so they've been doing the space up online or space up live and I don't know if you know how space up actually works it's called an unconference 
<laughs> Basically, they have a timetable on the wall. Yeah. And it's blank. Nice. And if you've got something to say, you put your name in one of the slots. <laughs> and then people come into your room and you talk. Yeah. So it's a similar kind of thing. I like that. I think this thing was meant to be, originally when they planned it, they usually do it... Because you kind of like had a cover of a book, so you had to make your own sort of cover of a book. And the people, what they usually do is they kind of go into the room, you're all sitting there, and then they come in, they pick up the cover of the book they think they might enjoy, and then they obviously go and find you and sit down with you in like certain time slots. So I think this is the first time they trialled it online. And I thought, that's quite a cool concept, I quite like that. And then obviously you had the Cosmic Quiz. Yes, that went really well. Really enjoyed it. We had, I think we had about 25 teams join. Wow. Mr. Savage, he actually took lead on it, luckily. <laughs> so he was the quiz master, and uh, we just kind of like were in the background answering questions and helping people, but then he kept bringing me into it as we were talking and stuff as well. So it was quite good. It's kind of like all of us bouncing off each other, so it was a bit more interactive. And yeah, the questions he did were brilliant. They're really, really good. So we're hoping to do another one maybe next year. So if you missed that, Keep a lookout for next year. And I know you got us lots of guest speakers as well to ask questions. I got quite emotional about that, actually, because the fact that I put the word out with the different people that I know that are involved in space and science, and I didn't know who I was going to get coming back. And I was really surprised on how quickly I was getting positive responses from people. They're not all from the UK. One of the people that we got a response back from very quickly was friend of the show and honorary crew member, Richard Garriott, who is such a great guy. Yeah, they're cool as well. It's like, it's really nice to have that amount of people. Cause I thought I might have to do one or two just to try and fill in the gaps, but everybody jumped in, everybody helped. The quiz was free. We said to people, if you'd like to donate, you know, of course you're more than welcome to, to help us. But if you did donate, we put you into like a free prize draw. So we had some, you know, stargazing books, one of Will's prints, Astro gloves as well that are in there. Just little bits and bobs that were fun that, you know, we're just going to pull out a hat with a name for everyone that donated and someone will get something sent to them in the post. Just, you know, as a nice to do. They donated about £200 for us. So for us, that's fantastic for, you know, an online quiz to do that amount. And it's our first ever one. You know, it's, it's really humbling. And people out there care. They want us to carry on. And yeah, it helped us. So all I can say is a massive thank you to everyone, really. I mentioned Richard Garriott. I'd also like to thank Sue Nelson and Dr. Maggie Lou for submitting their questions because they are people that we hold dear here at the podcast. And it was fantastic of you all to to send the questions in I wanted to do my bit for the event as much as I could I mean I submitted a question as well although the video quality wasn't fantastic but it was it was there you were on the Starship Enterprise or something weren't you yeah yeah that's the excuse you're, you're a few million miles away that's why <laughs> <laughs> It was all part of the fun, and even though I wasn't actually there for the event, um, I got some of the feedback from it from different bits and pieces that uh, yourself and Frankie were putting up during the time. And am I right in thinking Mr. Savage was in character, shall we say? He was, yes. <laughs> yes. He went all out. He was dressed up as Buzz Lightyear. Although he couldn't have the wings on, apparently, because it, in, it interfered with his background. <laughs> <laughs> that was his excuse, anyway. 
But he did, yeah, he did the whole thing just as Buzz Lightyear. So, bless him. <laughs> he must have been really hot. Oh, yeah, I'd imagine so. <laughs> right, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, it's the main part of the show, which is always Ross's Sky Guide. So, come back after this. Explorers. The same curiosity that sends us to the stars at the speed of thought urges us to go there in reality. And whenever we make a great new leap, we elevate humanity, bring people and nations together. new discoveries and new technologies so remember to look up at the stars and not down at your feet be curious I'm Chris Lintot, and you're listening to TGP Nominal. On canvas with paint in the artist's school, it is red that is hot and blue that is cool. But in science we show, as the heat gets higher, a star will glow red like the coals of a fire. Raise the heat some more, and what is in sight? Behold, the star glows bright white. But the hottest of all, I say unto you, is neither red nor white when a star has turned blue. This is TGP Nominal. Welcome back to TGP Nominal Extra. Ross, November. Dark, clear, hopefully no clouds. And from what I can see, there's quite a lot going on in the sky. There's a few meteor showers. Like October, there's quite a few, isn't there? Sporadic sort of ones. Yeah. Jupiter and Saturn are going to look quite cool. They're closing in on each other. So I'll start off with the planet that shall not be named, Uranus. (laughs) Or as I always say, the American term now, Uranus, because it stops people giggling. It literally just kind of passes its opposition at the end of October 31st, I believe. So this month is still a really good time to try and spot the amusing planet. Uh, it's just above the head of the sea monster Cetus. As we know, Uranus and Neptune, they're quite hard to see. You can't really see them with the naked eye. You may get them with binoculars if you've got a clear sky. They're not hard, but they're not easy to kind of find amongst all the stars. So yeah, get a telescope on it. Have a look and see if you can find out where Uranus is. It literally, as I said, is above the sea monster's head. In the constellation, you'll see it quite easily. It's kind of like a, almost like a pentagon. It's the head of the monster. While you're there, if you have a modest scope, see if you can spot an asteroid as well. You'll see a white dot that will move in relation to the stars each night. It's called Eight Flora. So Flora almost sounds like flowers, so it sounds like it should be a spring asteroid, but it's not. But yeah, it's something else that's there that you might be able to, you know, have a look at and see if you can peek and find it. So yeah, around beginning of the month seems to be best. See if you can find Uranus and have a look around this area. You might see this little asteroid that slowly moves in the night or actually moves over a couple of days. Something fun to have a look for. Right, moving on to the actual dates. So we've got the 3rd of November, 
We've got Jupiter and Saturn, as I said, are closing in on each other in the sky. They are getting lower in the night sky as well, but you can still see them just after sunset. And the pair are not going to be far from each other on the third. And throughout the month, they're going to get closer. So we'll talk about that in a bit as we go on. So it's something you can just see, have a look at them at the beginning of the month and see what they look like at the end of the month and see how close they've got. They're not really close. You know, they're millions of miles apart in the sky, but in relation to where we're looking, they look close. So then we've got the fourth and the fifth. So this is kind of going from the fourth night into the fifth morning. So you've got a bright moon that's gonna obscure a cool cluster in Gemini. So Gemini's like two stick people, so it's twins, two brothers. The cluster's called M35, you can see it with binoculars. You're slowly gonna see the moon kind of like move backwards in the sky and slowly sort of go in front of it and you'll see the stars go behind the moon. Quite a cool thing to see. Good photo opportunity to get the moon and the stars of this cluster all together. It starts around 1am they say, when it actually starts interacting with the stars. But if you go out before or the night before, you'd actually get the cluster of stars near the moon in a picture. I mean, I'm gonna try my new phone. I've got a big boy's phone now. I've got an SE. I've had to go one with just the, just the one camera though, because I know they have, can have like three cameras on, but I don't know if I can get all three cameras through a telescope and it will work. So there's going to be lots of pictures from me coming up, I think, which is fun. So yeah, if anyone's got any tips, more than welcome to give you a message on Facebook. Yeah, so around 1am and on the 5th, so it'd be in the morning really, you can watch this. As I said, M35, it's a big open cluster of blue stars, but you've got the added bonus that there is actually a globular cluster there as well, kind of like about five o'clock-ish to it. So you get to see both at the same time and the moon. That's something cool. If we move on to the ninth. Now, this is another new one for me. It's on the moon. And we've heard of the X and the V, which we will speak about later. So you get to see a big X and a big V on the moon. This one is called the Curtis Cross. And apparently it's formed by a crater called Frau Moro. I'm going to call it like that. I've actually learned that it doesn't matter how you pronounce things because everyone does it differently. So it's Frau Moro H. And it looks a lot like another X on the moon. And slightly above the shadow because it's just on the actual shadow line of the moon they call it the terminator i'll be back ha you didn't know i'm gonna say that did you so it's going to be two x's they reckon on this sort of shadow one's called the tycho cross and one's called the curtis cross i've not seen this before i don't think they're as prominent as the you know the, the famous x and v on the moon but something to have a look at see if you can find them take a picture so along the moon's shadow you might see a couple of little x's where the sunlight's glinting the top of craters and things and they should be those two Right, if we move on to the 10th, it's a great time to spot the elusive messenger of the sky, and that's Mercury. It reaches its greatest morning elongation, so it'll be in the morning of the 10th. It's going to be rising a couple of hours before the sun. So if you haven't seen it yet, you're not going to see any detail because it's quite a small planet. It hasn't really got a lot going on it apart from loads of craters, but we're too far away to see them. But it means you can see the closest planet. It's a good chance to have a little peek and see it in the morning sky. I believe Venus is up as well in the morning at the moment, looking really nice and bright. It was when I popped out to let the dog out. So you can see both of them in the sky, maybe. Moving on to the 11th. Although it is dim at the moment, so not at its best, Pluto, the planet that shall not be named as a planet, but is a planet, <laughs> is not far from the king of the planets, Jupiter. So it's a good time to try and actually find the dwarf planet at the moment. If you have clear skies, around seven o'clock to Jupiter. So if you're looking at Jupiter through, you're gonna need a telescope. So seven o'clock-ish, bottom left of Jupiter, Pluto is hanging around there at the moment. So it's not too far from the planet at all. So it's a quite a good time to actually try and spot this one. So you've gone from the closest Mercury to the furthest Pluto. So good luck with that, fingers crossed. It might be best when the moon's out of the way, but on the 11th, I don't think it's too bad. Moving on to the 12th. Tonight is the Northern Torrid Meteor Shower. It peaks only around five per hour. So not the best, 
but they say it has a broad peak with the possibility to see some over the whole night. So that again is actually just above Cetus, the sea monster's head. So if you're around there looking at the objects I just spoke about, you never know, you might see a couple of flying paths from there. Something extra to see. In the morning of the 13th, there's a nice crescent moon and it'll be with the planet Venus along with the rising Mercury around about 5.30 a.m. Like making like a lovely morning wake up. Not that I'll be up at that time unless maybe I'm at work, but <laughs> it'll be quite cool to see. You might be able to see Mercury, the moon and Venus in the morning sky. On to the 14th. The moon's out the way now because as we just said, it was a very thin crescent. Now it's out the way. So it's a great time to go for those deep sky objects. I have got an objects of the month for you this month, and I'm gonna try and do one every month now. I've been slack, but we're gonna go for it. And this month is Andromeda Galaxy, because a member asked about it in our group. So I thought I might as well have a little chat about it, how you can see it, when's the best times and things. So that's the objects of the month. So now's a good time. On the 15th, there's another meteor shower, and it peaks again, only around about eight an hour. So slightly more than the last one, but with the moon out of the way, you're gonna have more chance to see them. So this is the Lota Aurigid, I'm gonna say. So it's, it's pretty much around Auriga, just to the right of the bright star Capella. So you look around Auriga, there should be some little meteors flying once in a while there. Something cool to see again. Moving on to the 17th, it's now the turn of the Leonid meteor shower to peak. So we've got three or four through the month. Now these apparently are known to have quite swift meteors in the evening. So it's a great time to pop out, look up, see if you can spot them. Fast moving meteors flying through the sky. They're gonna be around the lion's head and neck area. Apparently that's where they radiate from, but just go and have a look. You'll see them streaking across the sky, hopefully. Again, I don't think there's that many. I think they peak around the same, but with three around that area, you're gonna see a little bit more than usual. So that's good. Moving on to the 18th, Jupiter, Saturn, and the crescent moon will now complement the skies in the evening. As the sun sets, the two planets are gonna move even closer to each other now, as you can see. Moving on to the 19th, again, the two gas giants with the moon will be there. Last night, it would have been like almost like a, a line with the two planets and then the moon. This time the moon's moved back a bit, so they're gonna form like a cool little triangle in the sky. So you'll have Jupiter, Saturn, and the moon. Great for a picture, especially now we have our new phones, don't we, Mark? We can get some good pictures of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the 22nd is when the famous lunar X and V I spoke about you know, a little bit earlier can be seen during the day today. So something you see during the day. Best time is kind of two, three, something like that. You can go out, see it up in the sky during the day, have a look with your telescope or some binoculars, and you should be able to make out an X and a V on the sort of shadow. Uh, later tonight, have a little look at the crater Alberta, oh, I hate this crater. Alba is how I'd say it, Albertogenus. <laughs> have a look at this crater. You may spot a smiley face looking back at you. So if you're looking at it, it looks like a little smiley face with two eyes looking back at you. I'll let you learn how to pronounce it and we'll figure it out on the next one maybe, or we'll ask Google. <laughs> I think I looked it up once and I forgot to write. Usually I put the little phrase next to it in brackets so that I can kind of get the rough, but joke's on me on that one. But it's called Crater, have a look at it. Might look a smiley face looking back at you. 26th, now we've not really spoken about Mars this month, but as we know last month, it was at its closest for about 15 years, I think someone said. Will did a whole lot of Facebook Live on it, I believe. It then became its brightest about a week after, so it then reached opposition. So it's closest, then it's brightest. It's now gonna start dimming and moving away from us, but it's still fantastic to see in the sky. It's still really bright, it's up high, it's in a great position to see. But yeah, so in the early hours of the morning, the moon is gonna be close to the God of War. 
So the 25th, 26th, have a look. The moon's gonna move close to it. So again, another cool picture, nice red Mars and a nice white moon shining away. And then last but not least, we've got the 30th. It's a full moon and it's at its apogee, meaning it's actually at its furthest point from Earth, known as a micro moon, apparently. It will appear slightly dimmer and slightly smaller than the average moon. But as it's rising in the atmosphere, as we know, it makes it look bigger. So who knows, is it gonna be a big moon? Is it gonna be a small moon? Go out and have a look, see what you think. That's everything going on in the month and what's happening. Now I have done three objects of the month, just for a bit of fun. A naked eye, a binocular, and a telescope. Just something that you might like to go out and you know, have a look at. And as you know, Mark always puts the notes up and we do nice pictures and stuff for you. So the pictures will explain it better. So the naked eye object of the month I chose was Cassiopeia. So the W in the sky, just because it's nice and high, you've got lots you can look at, and then it does add into the binocular object and the deep sky object are all around the same area. So if you look to the east, you may see the planet Mars is kind of in the southeast, so kind of to the right. If you can find Mars, which you shouldn't be able to miss, it's really bright and red in the sky. Just to the left of Mars, there should be a sort of sideways W of stars. And that's Cassiopeia, the vain queen. And the Milky Way flows right through her. So there's loads of stars and clusters and things you can see there. So if you have got binoculars, pop it on there, have a look. She contains five bright stars. See if you can make out their colors. They are slightly different in colors. Some are sort of orange, some are white. I think there might be a very slight ready one, but I think mostly orange and white. If you've got an app like Stellarium, something like that, find out their names, find out their distances, you know, find out a little bit about them. What are they? Are they huge? Are they small? Now I know one of them is a hypergiant. So have a look at that, find out what a hypergiant is. We've also got a couple of variable stars there as well, which means they change in their brightness. Sometimes they're brighter, sometimes they're not. A little bit like Beetlejuice has been over the year or so. There's another one that takes a, a century for its light to reach the earth. Now I could give away their names, but first of all, I don't want to pronounce some of them, as you can tell from the crater earlier. And secondly, I want you to go out and learn. I want you to go and actually find out which ones they are. And you know, instead of just listening, go out and have a look and find out stuff. And then, yep, there is one that looks like it should be connected to the constellation, but actually isn't. So there's six stars there. And one of them, for some reason, has not been connected to the constellation. So find out which one that is. So that's something cool you can go look at. Look at the W, have a look around there, see what you can find. So from there, moving on to the binocular object of the month, between the W of Cassiopeia and the head of the hero Perseus, which is just below her, is an absolutely fantastic double cluster. Now the darker skies you have, and if the moon's out the way as well, have a look there. In between the two, some binoculars, you might be able to make out of just your eyes. It's bright enough to see with your eyes in a dark sky is what's known as the Perseus Double Cluster. It's two open clusters of stars known as NGC 884 and 869. So they're catalog numbers for them. So you can put them into Stellarium and things like that and they will come up and it will show you where they are. They're estimated to be about 7,400 light years away. So as I said, it's a great sight to see because the Milky Way passes straight through this area of the sky. So you'll see these two clusters of lot of blue-white stars next to each other with the odd orange-yellow star thrown in. It's a stunning sight, and as I said, better see with darker skies. Go and have a look at that. It's really cool to find. You can't miss it with binoculars, really. And if you've got a telescope, pop it on there as well. You will need a wider eyepiece, probably a 25, maybe 32 mil, just because it's quite a big cluster. Right, from there, onto a deep sky object of the month. So halfway through the month and the moon's out of the way. While you're near Cassiopeia, It'll be rude not to mention the Andromeda Galaxy. As I said, someone did mention it in our Facebook group, was trying to find it and found out when's the best times to see it. 
Now you can see it when the moon's up, but it does wash quite a lot of it away. It's the largest and closest galaxy to us. And although hard to make out any detail due to it having such a bright core of stars, it is still a fantastic object to view. And as I said, it's the biggest galaxy near us. And as a bonus, if you've got a telescope, there's two dwarf galaxies thrown in with it as well. Just sort of like top left and one almost directly with it, bottom right, depending if you're using a reflector or a normal uh, lens. So see if you can find the two dwarf galaxies that are going to soon be a part of that galaxy because they're orbiting it and being drawn in. So in a few million years, maybe, they're going to be a part of the Andromeda galaxy. So you get three galaxies for the price of one. Now to find it, it's just to the right of Cassiopeia in the constellation Andromeda, funnily enough. Find the mid star, which is called Mirac, and star hop, up just one, two stars, and just above the second star will be the galaxy. You can't really miss it, it'll be a big fuzzy sort of white blur, as we call it. The Andromeda galaxy has like a trillion stars, which is why it's so bright. Uh, their light takes about 2.5 million years to reach us, and in 4.5 billion years time, the Milky Way is actually going to merge with it. So we're actually looking at this galaxy millions of miles away that one day we're gonna be a part of. So there you go, there's three cool things that hopefully you can pop out and learn about and look up and enjoy. And that's the month of November. As I've mentioned to you in the past, where my balcony is, it's actually got quite a great view of a lot of the things that are happening in the sky. And I sent you these pictures recently of the Pallades, the Taurus constellation, and uh, Orion. And they've, they've come up pretty good, haven't they? They come out really well. I was really impressed. As I said, I used to have an iPhone 5, literally, about a couple of weeks ago. And I had to use an app to even get any of those stars out and they still didn't look that great and then you sent me that picture and that was before I got a new phone and I was like what is this phone I must have this phone <laughs> <laughs> it was brilliant it came out really well I mean the Orion one you just sent me stunning you can see the belt I mean you can even make the little there's a little fuzz there of the nebula and that's just the phone not even using the telescope or anything just the phone Mm -hmm. So the technology of the phones have really now come along. So now, I, as you said, I've now run out and got a, an SE, just so that I've got one camera that I can then put still in a telescope rather than three. But from what I've seen, there's, there's other phones out there that are even better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Really, there's, there's one that's actually got an astrophotography mode and things on it. Yeah, I think that's the Google Pixel. So it, I'm obviously I'm so impressed that we actually made last month's photo competition just smartphones only just so we can see people can go out and have fun of course and use their phones and they're doing them through telescopes and they're managing to take pictures through their telescopes and actually process them like stack them on their phone so it was you're allowed to edit the pictures but only using apps and things on your phone you're not allowed to use you know stuff on computers and things and the pictures are stunning some of the pictures they've got are absolutely amazing so i was thinking 
wow, in the six years I've been doing this, you know, I've gone from taking pictures of the moon and now people are managing to get like galaxies and stars and nebulas just using their phone through telescopes. It's mad. It is absolutely fantastic. And the, the phone I'm actually using is a Samsung Galaxy S10e. A lot of people say the E stands for economic. Uh, it, actually <laughs> st- it actually stands for essential, which is it's got the essential bits and pieces you need on the phone. It's not all yep. singing and dancing like your S10 and your S10 Ultra. And obviously now you've got the S20 as well, which is all singing and all dancing, but with an all singing and all dancing price. <laughs> but yeah, this is the cheapest one in in that kind of range. But the camera on it is actually really good. You've got a pro mode on it, professional mode on it, where you can adjust the settings so that you can set it to take a longer exposure and all that kind of stuff on there, sort out the white balance, the the ISO grading, that kind of stuff. But there's also what they call the night mode. And it's not an astronomy mode, but you put it in night mode and it will take in all the available light to get the best photograph. Now, when the skies are dark, the available light are the stars so it does actually focus on those quite well yeah i think it's something we're gonna have to play with aren't we yeah i have a go with my phone you have a go with yours and maybe we can do a phone special i think that'd be a great idea because everybody's got a smartphone well most people have got smartphones and to be able to find out the best way of using these phones to their full advantage for taking pictures of the night sky would be an awesome idea to put in the show it brings it right down to everyone doesn't it then yeah I mean, like the pictures you take, they're good enough to, you know, you could actually use them as notes and mark out the stars and things that are on there. Yeah, definitely. You could also, once we've started to learn bits and pieces from probably other people, we can actually then advise other people as well. That's what it's all about. Yep, that's exactly why I bought a DSLR camera for the charity, so that I can learn and advise others. (laughs) When someone now goes on there and goes, how do I get a picture of this? I'm like, ah, I know that. (laughs) I can help. Obviously, since I've been taking some of these photographs, I'm starting to learn the skies a bit better than I did before. I mean, I know a bit about planets and stuff, but I don't know about stars. And I certainly wouldn't be able to tell you where different things are, but now I can look out of this window and go, right, I know where so-and-so is going to be at this time of the year. As I mentioned to you off the air, looking straight out on the balcony at night, Mars is right in front of me. Now, last month going through from september into october venus was in that position so you can see what how things are changing throughout the year yeah and that makes you an astronomer <laughs> so you're officially you're officially and you've taken a picture of the sky so you're an astrophotographer as well <laughs> i wouldn't go that far <laughs> <laughs> be an expert in no time but this is also down to your good self lending me a pair of binoculars i've been able to see a bit further than i I have been before just getting a feel for them whether i'll get a pair of binoculars or whether i'll get a beginner scope i don't know yet but this is something that i need to look into and go from there yeah see the spark has happened that's it you can't quench it now (laughs) it's just going to grow and grow into a fully developed passion we're coming to the end of the show. What have you guys got coming up? Anything? Uh, yeah, well, November, we're going to meet Will Cheng. And we're actually going to go up to uh, Twice Brood Inn. 
Mm-hmm. So we're going to go up there. We're going to stay for a few nights with Will, do a couple of events, hopefully spaced apart, four people up there. So I'm going up to help him. Bless him. He's donating the money from it to UK Astronomy to help us when we go up there. So yeah, we're taking a spacecrafter up there and hopefully we're going to spend about three or four days. I think we're going to meet some guys at Kilda, the observatory, which would be really nice to meet them, say hello. And I would say shake their hands, but maybe virtually shake their hands. <laughs> See what it is they get up to, maybe help do some events with them as well, get the spacecrafter out and, you know, moving about more. So that's that I'm really looking forward to. That's like a nice weekend away. I've got a couple of weeks off work. Obviously, dark skies, do some astronomy. Moving on to the next month, we're doing a Zoom talk for Aylesbury Council. Because it, there's an Aylesbury Town Council, an Aylesbury Vale Council. But now I think it's just Aylesbury Town now, isn't it? <laughs> it's Aylesbury Town Council and Buckinghamshire Council. That's the one. I think we've got a Zoom call for around about 100 people, hopefully. So it's open for people to come and listen to. And it's all going to be about what we've spoken about before, the Star of Bethlehem and what could have happened or maybe did happen in the sky that related to making the beliefs and culture at the time, you know, the story that is. But as you know, I'm not a religious person and I'm not there to debunk or de anything anyone. I'm just interested in culture and stars and, you know, did this happen in the sky? And yeah, there's really cool things that did happen in the sky around that time from what I've read and seen that, you know, laid into the story, the truth or whatever happened, who knows? So I'm really looking forward to doing that talk. And then after that talk, I think we're gonna do a little 20 minutes. I'm gonna put Stellarium on the screen. And if it's clear outside, people are actually going to go out into their gardens afterwards and I'm going to point out some stuff that they can actually see and look around the sky virtually but for real, which is something we've not done before. So that would be interesting to see how it works. And if it's cloudy, I'll just talk about some of the cool stuff that they can see. So, yeah, that's December I'm looking forward to. So, yeah, I've got two really cool events that I'm actually really looking forward to because they're different and dynamic and hopefully we're going to do some more different stuff. And hopefully we're going to look into doing some interesting bits and pieces for our Christmas crossover with the Garbage Pod podcast. Yeah, even though it's it's a little bit too early to say the C word, but it's coming. <laughs> Winter is coming. As they say in Game of Thrones, yeah. <laughs> Spanhead Productions are a small independent sound recording company based in rural Hertfordshire. We specialise in creating content for all your podcasting needs, whether it be field recordings, fox pops, or capturing the atmosphere during social events. Editing is a very time-consuming job, so Spanhead Productions are on hand to take away some of the burden for you. Just advise us on how you'd like your content to sound, and we will do the rest. We can even help you design and manage a website for your podcast too. Visit us now, spanheadproductions.weebly.com. That's spanheadproductions.weebly.com. So it's time to wrap up this episode of TGP Nominal Extra. Ross, it's been absolutely fabulous having you online again. As always, really enjoy it. Thank you for having me. No worries. Hopefully we are going to try and get a TGP Nominal episode out for November. It all depends on whether John Berger's schedule and my schedule correspond with each other. We did actually have an episode set up for last month, but technical issues caused us to not be able to put it out. So we really want to make up for that if we can. So that leaves us with one thing left to say, and that is thanks for listening. Stay safe, everybody, and we'll talk to you all again real soon. Clear skies, and remember, 
There's a billion worlds in your back garden. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode of TGP Nominal. If you want to get in touch with us, then... Send an email to garbagepod at virginmedia.com, where your input is our output. Or click the social media icons at the top left of the page over at tgpnominal.weebly.com. If you would like to subscribe to any of our podcasts, you can do so via iTunes, the RSS feed, and also Stitcher and TuneIn On Demand Radio. And you can listen to me going solo, bringing you the latest in movies and home theater for regular people in the Widescreen podcast over at widescreen.org. Don't forget to rate and review us. If you like what we're doing here, then why not buy us a pint by clicking on the donate button on any of the podcast pages. And don't forget to spread the word about us. Station, this is Houston ACR. Thank you. That concludes the event. Thank you.